Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Welcome in. You're listening to Footy Ado. Um, we are joined this week by, of course, Brother Jared out in California. But um, for the first time in a long time, and the, I think the second time overall since Footy Ado um, has started up, we are joined by Chuck Booth. Welcome in, Chuck. Hey, how's it going? Um, Chuck is a fantasy writer for Roto World. Um, got some union pod stuff that you do as well. But it's always good to sit down and talk to you about some some Tottenham stuff if if you're up for it. Um, considering the win that we're just coming off of and all the news that's happened lately, this is probably the most up that I've been for talking Tottenham in a very long time. Yeah, I don't think we've talked since um, Spurs were heading into the second leg of the Champions League semifinal against Ajax. I think I talked to you before that on the pod, and then that was... That was it. Maybe I just couldn't bear to talk to you about them making a, an appearance in the Champions League final, but um, I'll try to try to stay out of that for <laughs> for the listener's sake and for my own sake. But um, uh, let's just hop right into it. We know the big news around Tottenham. We'll get on to the you know additional signing from Real Madrid, but Gareth Bale is back at at Tottenham. How big of a signing is this for Spurs? Um, I guess, so are you saying on field or in general? Um, go in general first. We'll, we'll kind of attack it from a couple different angles, but just your, the overall feeling. I mean, in general, this might be the biggest signing Spurs have ever made. Um, like I don't, I, I don't want to overhype it, but also like, Spurs haven't made a signing that's generated this much news ever. Um, and I know it's just Bale coming back, but he's coming back after winning titles in Spain and getting four Champions Leagues and having a much larger global stature than he had when he left. Yeah, I think that's the big part about it. Um, you know, a, a player... It's always a weird thing when a player comes back to a club. Um, but, you know, after th- this long period that he's had at Real Madrid where he has been so big in that team, um, winning multiple Champions Leagues um, and whatnot. But with all of the kind of off-the-field f- off um, problems he's had, I guess, with Zidane or with the club as a whole, um, I th- I think this is the perfect move for not only for Tottenham as a club, Tottenham as a team on the pitch, but also for Gareth Bale just as a human being. For sure, because like literally looking at everything, it's like, yeah, well, he's been on the outs at Real Madrid. Like what better place for him to get his footing than a team that already knows him, knows his mentality, knows what he can do. Um and just moving back into an environment that he's already comfortable in versus going somewhere new. Like, you really can't pick a better place 
for him to get his career back on track. Yeah, it's not like a massive signing where the player has to, you know, get used to the Premier League. Like, it's been a little while since he's played in in the Premier League, but um, it's it's something that he knows, and he knows very well, and he knows the ins and outs of, of this club specifically, so that's just... Yeah, yeah he was like... He was almost he was almost the forgotten. I mean, he was kind of the forgotten man at at Real Madrid, you know. And he, he was for years. He sort of seems like he's been hasn't gotten the respect he deserves, whether it be from his own manager, or from from the fans. And now he gets to go back to a club that loves him. So like like kind of what Zach said, like a, a, for a personal move, like going back to Tottenham uh, was kind of the perfect move for both sides too. Just because I feel like Tottenham especially in this transfer market, almost seemed like the the forgotten club as well. Like, people weren't really talking about Tottenham. We looked at, like, even especially look at the first game of the season going up against Everton, who had made these big signings, and Tottenham lose to, to Everton. And there's all the talk with what Chelsea were bringing in now with Liverpool or what Manchester City already have. Manchester United with Bruno Fernandes coming in at the end of last season. What could he bring this season? It just felt like no one was really talking about Tottenham. And to get a you know, Arsenal made their own signings too, but with Britain then now bringing in Gareth Bale, um, and of course uh, Regulon as well. Like, it's, this they're now back in the in the conversation. Yeah, for sure, because um, they definitely were in large danger of getting left behind by everyone else, and I kind of feel like, in a sense, losing in the way that they did to Everton was a good thing. Because it allowed Mourinho to go to Daniel Levy and just say, basically, see, I told you I need reinforcements. Right. Yeah, I wonder you know, if yeah. the same thing is going to happen with Manchester United losing to Palace um, this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I was just about like, to say I, that. Yeah. I think that, you know, Bruce Dortmund have been very vocal in saying that, that who we assume was United's number one transfer target in uh, Jaden Sancho, um, I think that they really kind of botched that one and Dortmund has clearly said listen he's not going anywhere we are happy to keep him here he's happy to stay and you're not meeting our price tag but the United loss to Crystal Palace may force them into something they don't want to do at least from a financial perspective but yeah that loss to Everton um, kind of sent things in motion for Spurs and you know the, the rumors were swirling, and then, you know, you have the, the Europa League qualification um, or the 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 qualifying round. Um, that wasn't as easy as it maybe should have been for Spurs, so it kind of just highlighted um, more what they needed. And then they get the signings announced, neither of them play, and Spurs win 5-2. But it just showed – I think it's kind of one – putting a different you know view on the club it's got people a little more excited than maybe they were um just a couple of weeks ago but it's also you know Quinn Ming Sun is gonna he's going to be starting in a front three but you know now that they have more options out wide he needs to stay on top of his game and make sure he's in you know tip-top form or else they have more numbers you know kind of replace him if he's not playing well I think it just gives everyone that extra push. Four goals for him, four assists for Kane, and it's looking like it's all clicking at Spurs finally. Yeah, I think it um, looks like everyone's ready for 
this move to go through except Lucas Mora. Yeah, I think he's probably the uh, the guy that that loses out the most, um, which is crazy to say after after his hat trick in the Champions League just a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, it it looks like his spot is is definitely under pressure. But certainly, I mean, it helps to have you know have that depth. I think with the ambitions that Spurs have, every top club has. You, there's gonna there's always gonna be you know, maybe that one player who doesn't feel like they're playing enough. And, you know, whether it's up to that player at that point to, to be a professional about it. If the player isn't professional about it, then it becomes a problem. Normally when they do, though, you're looking at a team with great depth that, and that's what the, the top teams have. You know, you look at you look at players who don't always, like even like when Leroy Sané wasn't playing in every game for Manchester City a couple of years ago. Like, that's wild, especially now when you see what he's starting to do at Bayern Munich. Like, the teams that are going to challenge for the title are going to have players that could potentially start for any other team, but they're just not in their team because of how much depth there is and how many options the manager has. Now, his deal back to Spurs is only a one-year loan. Um and his contract at Real Madrid does not expire this coming summer. Expires the following summer. Um, what are the? Do you have any kind of idea of what the plans would be for Spurs? So I've seen that there are rumors that there's an option in the loan to extend it for a second year, okay. which will make sense because there there's no way he's going back to Madrid. No. 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 Yeah, like the way the. the it just sort of seems like finally there's always there's always been sort of this saga with him every year where it's like is he gonna finally leave because you know especially when whenever Zidane's there obviously there was that blip where he was not uh, but it just never seemed like he was favored and like it's crazy to think about looking at what he was able to accomplish some of the big goals he scored for that team and how he just still wasn't really preferred over some of the other other options um and now that he's finally gone, like there's especially going back to a club like Tottenham that he knows that he loves, like there's no way, even just from a personal standpoint, that he's gonna want to go back to Madrid after being back at Tottenham. For sure, like yeah, uh, yeah everything could literally blow up, and he would still want to be at Tottenham to pull them out of the hole. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. And you know, if they do extend that deal, then that. Uh, that that loan deal, then that means you know at the end of that second season he'd be free to go wherever. Whether he signs you know a contract outright with Spurs, whether they figure something out next summer if it's to make the deal permanent. Um, but I think I think that this is going to be a good a good match um, considering we've seen it work successfully before. Now there's you know. Like you're saying, Jared, um, where it it didn't make sense why he wasn't really in favor at Madrid. Like, I guess towards the end when, you know, with the whole uh, Wales golf Madrid, like after that, you can't expect to get picked. But but there's certainly a lot that led up to it. And like me and um, me and Nick talked to you, Jared, about how when we saw him in person, like it's it's a lot different to go from the the soccer that you're viewing in person goes from being. New York Red Bulls games to Real Madrid and Arsenal, and we're four rows from the field. So the second half of the game that we saw, 
he's he's attacking right in front of us. We're sitting right behind the goal, and he is just so unbelievably talented. Bale with the overlap of Marcelo, it like me and Nick are looking at each other like, well, this is not good. Um, and that was for a friendly. And now that he's back at Spurs, I think we're feeling even a little bit worse than that. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's look, and it's great for the league. It's like there's so many yeah. players coming in, especially with like the incredible gap over the past two seasons that Liverpool and Manchester City have created, and now you know with the other clubs trying to to gain ground, it is going to be really exciting. I think the, I think the gap will be tightened this year. I know I, I feel like the past couple of years, I've like we've said on this podcast, like oh this season's going to be super exciting, and then one team is like twenty points clear, um, but. I think it. I think it will be. I don't think this is going to be. I think for the most part, those two teams will probably still be up. To, I think it'll, those like Manchester City and Liverpool will still be the top dogs. But I think the other ones are going to challenge a lot more, and, and it's going to take a lot more quality to to pull it pull it out. It's going to be harder for those two clubs, even if they are still a little bit separate. That gap is is going to shrink. Now, uh, Chuck, are you worried at all about his? injury history with you know him being 31 years old now um and he's he's got what a knee problem right now that's going to keep him out for maybe the next two or three weeks before he you know really starts training with with Tottenham are you worried about his his injury record at all um that's the one thing where it's kind of hard not to be worried but also those worries are mitigated by the fact that we have two wingers that are more than adequate starting options in Lucas Mora and Steven Bergwin behind him. Um, so it's like, yeah, he could go down, miss a couple of games, maybe miss the rest of the season, but you're, you're still not losing a ton because you're just going back to what you already had and still, and you'll get to see what Bergwin can actually do. Cause we still haven't fully seen his potential either. He's the player that excites me. I, 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 think, I said to Zach, I said, he's, he's either going to become a big Tottenham player, like he's going to become one of the great players of the next couple of years, or, or he'll go to Arsenal. <laughs> I said, like, it's going to be like he's going to be either the most hated or one of the most loved players for Tottenham. It was I, a, I like what, what I've seen from him. It was a yeah, pretty hot take there for you. but um, That's my delusion for the, for the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you, how does this transform, you know, their goals for the season? What do you think, um, what do you think Jose Mourinho would consider to be a success now that they have uh, Bale on the team? Well, I mean, I, I don't think that the goals really change because the goals were always top four at, at a Europa League title. Yeah, they, they don't change. They're now, just a little bit more attainable. Yeah, that that's right. more than what I would go with that. Okay. Now, like, did you have any sort of prediction of where they might finish uh, before that that deal was was gone through compared to now, where you might like where you have a feeling of where they could end up at the end of the season? Um, I re- I already kind of had them finishing fourth, um, just because I'm not sold on Manchester United and yeah. just at some point you'd like to think that 
they were going to figure things out. And you also assume that there was that there were going to be at least a center back and a striker signing. It's interesting that two positions that you kind of thought Spurs were set at are the ones that the signings have come in for so far, but both signings are also upgrades, so I'm not going to complain. Right, yeah. I mean, any chance you can get Gareth Bale back at your club, you, you certainly take it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's a good, like, follow-up. Like, what what else does Spurs need? Because, like, obviously, your goals are top four in Europa League title. What are the signings that they need, you know, whether it be, like, hopefully before the end of the window that, that pushes them even further and you start to change your expectations? Would it just be, it be center back? maybe some, some of the midfield, like what, what do you want? Going um, so, I mean, the, the biggest thing is obviously still a backup for Harry Kane because you assume that he's going to miss a month every season, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Son or Lucas Moore is okay backing him up, it's not necessarily the best option that you would like in keeping things ticking the way they are. And a center back is, would still be good because I'm not sold on either of the starting options. But unless some players are sold, it's tough to see where the money for an actual starting caliber center back is going to come from right now. Yeah, center back, I feel like it's been... There hasn't been that many big, like, I feel like the Koulibaly to Man City was, like, always the big center back transfer that we were talking about. I mean, they even got Ake from Bournemouth, but I feel like there hasn't been that much talk about any, like, huge center back, sort of like the the Van Dyke deal for Liverpool. Like, the big clubs haven't really, I feel like it hasn't been that much talk around the other clubs about getting a big center back. Yeah. I know, like, Chelsea, with Chelsea, I wanted them to get... You know, someone that obviously they bring in Thiago Silva for free, but like there, there wasn't like that big marquee guy who was going to be the guy going forward for for any of these clubs. It felt like I think the player that um, will be that signing, whether it is this transfer window, which I I at this point don't expect, but I think next summer it's going to be Upamecano from um, RB Leipzig that is going to be you know that name that we're because we're already talking about it now, but, like, they don't really have to sell him right now. They got money from selling Timo Werner. Um, but I think that he's going to be the guy that ev- the, the, the top clubs in every league are going to be after if they're not already um, trying their best to get him in this summer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, so I guess, like, what are your expectations – more specifically for Bale, you know, this season. Like, I'm looking at his stat, like, his last season with Tottenham before he went to Real Madrid, he had 21 goals and nine assists. I was going to, like, I was going to look it up and I was going to be like, okay, I'll ask the over-under on that. That's a a pretty high number. But, so, I guess just, like, where do you, sort of, what range do you sort of see him getting in for goal contributions this season once he's fully fit? So, I... Here's where, I guess, my expectations for what my bottom line is from Bale and everyone else's are very different. Because as long as he's involved in 10 goals this season, anything on top of that is gravy. Because that's still enough to make a contribution. That's enough to take some of the pressure off of Kane and Son. And uh, 
it's not too drastic of an expectation considering how big of a ramp up in playing time he's going to be expected to see from what he's gotten over the past two years. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and like you said, those areas aren't necessarily a need for Tottenham. So even adding 10 from Bale is a plus because you have those other guys. You have like Son and Kane who you can expect to to make goal contributions for you. Adding Bale just like I think he will get over that 10, that 10 mark. Uh, and I think, yeah, like, I think that's going to be good. That's going to be good for Tottenham. Like you said, they don't, they didn't really necessarily need him. Even though he's an upgrade, it wasn't a need area for them necessarily. So, like, that's going to be positive for them either way. Yeah, and that's, like, a, ve- a very big thing to, to look at is just, like, Bale is there more to offer relief as much as he's there to end up scoring goals in his own right. Now, um, let's shift things real quick to the back, where you you also from Real Madrid brought in um, Sergio. Is it Regalon? Regalon? I've got no idea. Maybe you'll be able to uh, fill me in on that. But what does this do to transform the back line for Spurs now? Um, I will start by saying I listened to his name pronunciation, and I still can't say it properly. That's fair. That's so, what I was um, that that's about where I am. Uh, but it can't do anything but help. Um, because while Ben Davies has been fine defensively, it, he, he offers nothing going forward in a back four. And which is very interesting because he's registered, I think, was, was it seven assists in his one year in a back three? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and, uh, like, he was basically a winger. But now, moving to a back four, he has to stay back because he doesn't have the pace to get back if he goes forward. Um, adding Sergio to, to this will basically mean that you won't expect every attack to come from Doherty because right now things are a little imbalanced. So it will be nice to be able to have either him bomb forward and Doherty stay back or Doherty go forward and he stays back. Yeah, it definitely adds a little bit more of a balance. Um, you know, and he's, yeah, and he's definitely a very exciting player going forward. Um, yeah. He should to see what his defensive capabilities are, how do they translate over to, uh, the Premier League, but certainly you'll be getting something going forward from him. Yeah. Improving at fullback on both sides is huge for Spurs. You know, like, Davies was, you know, a, a, is a quality defensive left back. But like you said, he doesn't really offer too much going forward. And then on the other side with Aurier, he's he's a, a liability defensively a lot of the time. Um, way more than you'd expect uh, from from him. And, you know, getting Doherty in from, from Wolves is just, it's massive for, for the team. Now, um, do you think... We're going to see a little bit more of a happy Jose Mourinho going forward, or do we need a couple more signings to to see a smile on his face? You came close to seeing a smile on his face last weekend because yeah. you put five goals past the team and a manager can't help but smile. Um, I think you'll see a happier Jose Mourinho once the Deli Ali situation is rectified in some way. Yeah, do you think that uh, they should – 
let him go permanently, or are you thinking just alone for Allie? So, to, to be honest, at this point, I don't care. Um, whatever needs to be done yeah. to get this over with, just do it. Like, if you can find a good fee in a sale, whether it be PSG or any, literally anyone that's not Manchester United, you take it. Um, I'm not against alone and trying to see if something can be recouped for him, but like Delhi's been declining for the past three years. Yeah. And uh, realistically, he's never performed without Ericsson in the lineup. So it's pretty tough to think that he's going to be the creative 10 that is the savior for Spurs because we just haven't seen it consistently. And now that he's starting to stir up issues just in the locker room, it's really just not worth it. Yeah, he. I, I saw the video of him. He was going at it with who? Uh, Eric Dyer on the in the Amazon documentary, um, in one of the the videos, and it's just like if you got a player that's in the club that's just kind of doom and gloom about everything. Um, at a time when you need someone to do literally exactly the opposite. And he, like you said, he hasn't been performing on the pitch well enough to, um, not even close to well enough to, to be able to do that in the locker room and have the team look the other way. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, regardless of if it's a loan or, or a sale, I think he ends up leaving on a permanent basis anyway. Um, whether that's next season after his loan, you know, like I, I don't see the this relationship between Spurs and Dele Alley changing because um, there's just no signs pointing pointing it in the right direction. Yeah, it would be great if um, Pochettino could take an actual management position already because that would be a very quick place to sell him. Yeah, that would be nice and simple. I, I definitely expected to see him uh, back in a job before now, but um, I seems guess, like he's enjoying yeah, himself. I, yeah, he must be. I feel like there's like every time there was like a big opening, it was like, all right, this is going to be Poch. Poch is going to go there, and then they, you know, like who had like who had this go, was like, oh, it's he's got to go there. It's perfect, and then it was pure. Well, low, and it's just been I feel like so many places where he could have landed that it just hasn't hasn't happened yet but I'm, maybe he's just fine with that and the tough thing too is the fact that he would want to rebuild a club from the bottom up um, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like like while well, Juve are doing it a bit they don't really want to break up the entire team and then right. unfortunately he badmouthed Barcelona just a little bit too much to be able to take that job yeah well, it'll be exciting to see him back somewhere once it finally happens. I'm, I'm interested to see where where that ultimately is. Uh, maybe maybe United when uh, when Ali gets the boot in January because they're underperforming. You think he lasts till January? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, like, look, I, I think Manchester United can be inconsistent, but I mean, they showed us some some signs at the end of last season so i think there's some something there uh 
But it, Manchester United, like, it's, like, from where it's gone from the end of last season to the start of this one, in however short it was, I there was some positivity around the way Manchester United finished. And then, of course, all these signings came into other clubs, and Manchester United were pretty quiet. And then, it, and then of course, like, you see the performance against Crystal Palace. Like, it's just, this is, you know, same old Manchester United that we've seen for the past couple of years. It's just crazy how that how that has changed in the past month or so because the way they finished the season, the way you know Bruno Fernandez helped that that team uh, dramatically, uh, just it almost seems just like forgotten. Just like they're back to their inconsistent ways, and I mean they are. The fact that you lose to Crystal Palace at home three to one, like they. I mean, they need more. They need more work in defense. They they need plenty of help because they're not going to challenge for anything with what they currently have. Yeah, it's it's interesting for them too. You know, the the entire uh, the entire narrative around the club is different than it was. You know, I guess what, seven years ago when when Sir Alex left, but. Um, That'll be that carries almost as much weight as the on-field performance does. But um, Chuck, do you have any final thoughts on the on the signings for Spurs and what can come from them this season? Um, re- the the biggest thing is just I think that Sergio Reguilon is going to be the more important on-field signing, whereas Gareth Bale is uh, just going to be bigger off the field when it comes to actually changing the narrative around Spurs this season. But I do think that both will end up contributing a lot and truly can't wait for Bale to be fully healthy to see him on the field. And I'm so sad that his first game for Spurs isn't going to be in front of fans. Yeah, that definitely changes the outlook of things um and of course right now we don't know exactly you know the the thought was october for fans and now it seems like that that's getting pushed back um a little bit but we'll see when when we get the fans back in the in the grounds they're doing it in germany so um it's maybe not as far away as it once was but we're still got to jump through a couple of hoops to to get there at least in the uk but um chuck thank you uh, as always, for coming on. Of course, you can find Chuck on Twitter at Chuck Booth Sport, and you can check out his stuff for Roto World as well. But thanks for coming on the pod and talking Spurs. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Enjoying Footy You Do? If you're a fan of Zach and Jared's, you're going to love another Iltoe production, Banana Land. Each week, we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, or even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting, right? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you enjoy forms of entertainment that usually take 90 to 120 minutes to complete? Do you expect that time frame to include moments of sheer drama, utter heartbreak, or end-to-end action? No, we're not talking about the 2017 FA Cup Final. We're talking about the movies. 
banter. On Cue the Banter, Jared and I talk about our favorite movies and try to get each other to watch those movies. And we try to convince you to watch those movies as well. Add them to your queue and let the banter ensue. Cue the Banter, an ill to wait podcast. Welcome back. That was an ad break. Famously, an ill to wait ad break. Because, you know, what do you do, Jared? If you didn't know already, it's an ill to wait production course um but thanks again to uh chuck booth for coming on the pod um yeah i forgot to ask him what to do with my fantasy team listen you could reach out to him now that he's 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 been on the pod before you know you know you could just yeah just give him your login see if he can fix things for you yeah is it too soon for me to have used my uh yes free hit yes yeah i did my free hit already I, 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 i totally I totally revamped the squad. You know, Tierney, Tierney's out, Brian's out, Ward Prowse is out. I've I've gone with so for my next team. I I, I know this is not where you wanted to go um, with this, but we <laughs> why, got a, we why got would Gabriel. You say that? We got Gabriel. We got Zuma. We got James, and we got uh, is it Castagne for yeah uh, Lester. Who that's a, that's stop, my who can't stop scoring slash assisting yeah he's uh yeah so he's in my he's in my team oh right I, now he, the, he did get the assist on the goal against Burnley because yeah. it was an own goal okay yeah 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 I think he yeah okay so that's what it was yeah my front three now I had Werner Vardy and Rodrigo okay liquid look blow it all up yeah I mean Werner is gonna get goals he probably should have taken the penalty against liverpool he probably will he's won two penalties already hasn't he um yes so he's probably going give me fantasy points for that yeah he's probably going to um to take the penalties now with the Jorginho miss they'll probably switch things up but if Jorginho scores yeah verner gets the assist as per fantasy regulations i believe right so like so i guess he got the assist last week um but yeah, Jorginho, I don't, I don't, I mean, you, it's, it would be harsh to take a guy off penalties after missing his first ever in the league, but I just don't think he's going to be in the team all that much. So it will be a different penalty taker. And let's just but say, I, now have, I hate the hop that him and Bruno do. I, I think it's ridiculous. What's crazy about I the genu- hop? I genuinely don't think it should be a legal way to take a penalty, if I'm being yeah. honest with you. It's, I think, yeah, I mean, Maybe it's kind of like the the stutter, but it's also it's. I think we also underrate how difficult that is because like they do the hop, they're not even looking at the ball. Like, could you imagine? Like, I want you to try that penalty. Will you not pay even. me? Will you pay me as much as they get paid to practice it all week before taking it in crunch time? Absolutely not, because you're already criticizing it now. <laughs> and you, be, you can criticize it after you've done all that. Um, but no, the crazy thing about the 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 uh the hop skip is like Jorginho did it and like people were tweeting oh it's like Bruno Fernandez esque are you kidding me Jorginho's in his third season in the league doing that yeah Bruno Fernandez came in like Bruno six Fernandez months ago is, is in like, oh, wow. his first full season yeah oh yeah very Bruno Fernandez esque have you been watching but I hate that penalty I knew like so there's two times I'm always like feeling iffy about it. But, like, there was two times where I was sure he was going to miss it. And it was in the cup final against 
uh, Manchester City the one year. I said, oh, here we go. He's going to miss it. Yeah. And he did. And then I just going up. I'm like, I'm like, he just took one last week. Allison is a good keeper. He's a smart keeper. He's not going to bite on this. He's going to guess the right way. He's going to wait and he's going to make the save. Yeah. And he did. And I mean, also just everything was going wrong in that game. So I knew I was just in that sort of mood. I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to miss it 100%. No way he's making it. And Allison did say that he was disappointed in himself for not saving any penalties in the community shield. Um, and he was very determined um, to right. make the save. Now, but even without the penalty, did you really see anything from Chelsea that you thought they deserved even a point from this game? Because I certainly didn't. Um, a point. I mean, no, they were. I mean, like here's. I thought in the first half, I thought I thought Chelsea looked pretty solid in the first half until you, you know, got to stoppage time. Yeah, and I was like, okay, at some point, like we were maybe pushing a little bit. We're like, you know, on the counter. It was mostly like we didn't have most possession. But I'm thinking, okay, I just get into get into halftime tied. Yeah, you got to halftime nil nil. But um, yeah, which was yeah, which was what I wanted, but not how I wanted it. Yeah, you also tackle some. You also went down to 10 men. DeAndreas Christensen, red card, which, if I'm not mistaken, was given as a yellow card initially. And VAR yes, was like... Yes, VAR. VAR. Yeah. So who watched this and was like, oh, yeah, yellow is... Yeah, that's good. It, yeah. Like, I, yeah does, you watch it, I'm watching like that's he's getting... It's clear he's getting sent off. It's a yellow it's, for, for the type of challenge, the rugby tackle, at, at the least. Um, right. But also the the position, you know, being behind them, like it, it's just it, it's bad. Just it's let it, bad. like, because like a cap is running out. Oh honestly. yeah, you have confidence there. No, but if if they score, you'll have ten. You'll have eleven men. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that's I mean that's always a thing that it doesn't go through players' minds in that moment. It's always like like if you think about it, if you slow things down, you think about it. Okay, if they score here, we still have eleven men. Rather than that, rather than us having ten men against Liverpool, yeah, Shades um, of, the, I had the same thought for the David Luiz red card at the Bridge last year. Yeah, and so like, well, here's here's what I'll say. I think I think Chelsea look a little bit more. You know, the attacking things, the attacking play is not there yet. Werner looks good. Werner looks really good. He's getting into place. He's already won two penalties. He's got great pace. I, I like what I see from him. And he almost like against the run of play made almost clawed Chelsea back into it himself by earning that penalty. Mm-hmm. We didn't deserve anything from that game. He gets a penalty. Okay. We have 25 minutes or 15 minutes and there's, we're down. If we get this goal, it's two, one, you know, momentum, you're at home. Obviously there's not a crowd anymore. You can kind of maybe, Hope that you can push for something, even though like it was it was not likely. So like I like what I've seen from Werner so far. Yeah. You know, Havertz hasn't really made too much of an impact. I think there's he has moments where he looks solid. He's also I think he's going to trend like a lot of the talk that I've heard around Havertz is he, you know, he can play anywhere. He can play as a false nine. He can play on the right wing, right center mid, number ten. I think, and he's been playing sort of up top more. I think in the Premier League, he's going to be a far better player in that midfield, which I think the 10 or the right mid is his preferred position anyway. I don't think he's going to be as effective in those other positions as he was in the Bundesliga. So he's been playing out of position. Um, I think once he comes back in the midfield, I, I, I'm far more excited about a midfield with Conte, Kovacic, and Havertz than I am with Jorginho. I would have honestly taken Jorginho off at halftime. 
because what does that do to Havertz's confidence, though? I don't think it kills a player's confidence being taken because it's it's tactical. It's not like it, it's it, you. It's taking you have to take a midfielder off. You know, I don't think it's you know, and he's new. He's getting to match fitness. He's barely been with the club. Uh, I don't think that's something that's like oh, you know, like it's it's not his fault. It was Christensen's fault that he got subbed off. I would have personally taken Jorginho off because I think Havertz would have done better in midfield against one a team with extra, with an extra player. Uh, but like overall, I think Chelsea. There's, I mean, the two here's the two goals: Marcus Alonso getting just run past by Firmino on a give and go. He's not like that. Like that. That's nothing new. He's not, and he's not going to be the guy. He's our back. He's at best our backup. Or you could even say that maybe Aspilicueta is a backup before him. Like he's at at the best. You know, when Chilwell comes in, those issues are going to be a little bit less. They're going to happen less often. Um, and then the second goal, obviously Kepa. We're bringing in Mendy. Yeah. Uh, so that's not going to happen either. Yes. Yeah, so- Other than that, like I, when that when those when that second goal went in, I'm thinking even when the first goal went in, I'm thinking we're going to lose four 0 No, but yeah, you ha- you have two goals from from Mane, one assisted by Firmino, set up with a it was the front three. Um, it went Salah to Firmino to Mane, and then Excellent. the second Excellent one goal. was assisted by Keppa. This you guy's were so got, ready to say that. I know, I've you been trying so to get in, but I, I wanted you to get your Havers <laughs> thing out. It doesn't yeah. make any sense because I, I want to talk about, you know, if you bring in Mendy, which which you're very likely to from, where is he at? Uh, Stad Rene? Yeah. So yeah, you bring I'm in. hearing his medicals are in the process or already done. Like yeah. he's, we're just waiting announcement at this point. So we've got midweek football, do we not? Chelsea, who do they have in the League Cup? Barnsley. Okay, so that doesn't matter. You'll probably play Willie um, yeah. in that match. But if Frank Lampard doesn't think that Mendy is ready for the weekend, I, he has got to start Willie Caballero. There's no way back for Kepa. You need to find a way to get him out of the club, whether it's a loan with an option to buy, an obligation to buy, or a straight sale. But I don't know how much money you can get back for, for him. No, no I don't he think needs to go elsewhere. I would alone for sure. I would say if you were to sell him on a permanent basis on a, right now, if you were to sell Keppa, you could probably hope for maybe one fifth of the transfer fee you paid for him realistically to be offered to yeah. you. Um, I don't think you could realistically expect any club to pay any more than that because at the no, time that can't. this deal was done, this this all in all. This is a bad deal for Chelsea because of the fact that Kepa is the world's most expensive goalkeeper, which is ridiculous. Given he would have yeah, given his to, his yeah. ability, the, the stats for him at Bilbao never pointed to him being the most expensive keeper in the world. No, I don't know it was who a desperation it, move. I don't know who at was. Chelsea saw this and was like, "We need to pay this fee for this guy," but he. He was not one of the better keepers in La Liga when he was there. And I could honestly say right now, he's the worst keeper in the Premier League that's getting minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's baffling. It's baffling now, especially, obviously, after like, what he did last season and what's starting to happen this season. Because he was decent in his first season. Um, 
And what's crazy about like, the mistake, the mistake just shows how little confidence he has because Kepa as a keeper, what you can argue he's good at is with the ball at his feet. He, you know, he's not the best shot blocker. He's short. He's more of an outfield player playing in goal. So the fact that like that's, that just shows like how little confidence he has. Um, which is why, and you know, I think he's on like a five-year deal. You know, you don't bring in a keeper for that much money, and like it's going to be a long contract. Yeah. So they, what needs to happen? He's also very young. You know, I don't think there's no way back. There's no way back for him at Chelsea currently. He needs to go on loan, regain some of that confidence, and Chelsea needs to beef up his price tag and sell him because he's he's not he's not going to be playing for them. I don't. The manager doesn't fancy him. Um, he's been, I think he's been good in the press talking about him, but he, I think it's clear that he does not fancy him. Yeah. I think uh, that Lampard has handled it very well. Um, even though we've, we've known for, uh, quite some time that, yeah, I, that it hasn't gone the way that, uh, that you want it to. Yeah. And I think, I think the price tag is, is another thing that's, I think that you have to, you know, I think Chelsea are a prideful club you know i think they need to get over some of their pride to be able to say this was a bad deal let's just cut our losses rather than oh we need to try and save face with it or make some of the money back i mean i think with the way his deals the best option is send him out in a loan hope he impresses somewhere and you can maybe sell him for 30 30 million mm-hmm. because I, I don't i don't really see it working out it, it's definitely not going to work out at chelsea um but like the point I was I was making with like so Kepa and Alonso were the two that really got caught out for goals. But that's it. It was it was two nil. Chelsea almost got back into the game with two one. I think they look a little bit more organized defensively. Obviously, there's the the Christensen mistake. Um, they have some there's some glaring errors still there. But like to keep it at two goals, I don't know if Chelsea last season would have done that going down to ten men against Liverpool. Uh, obviously, you have to Thiago Silva to come in to even to partner with Zuma, um, hopefully, and that that can be solid. Because I mean, I what I liked what I saw from Tamori and Zuma for the like Zuma was winning aerial duels. The first half, Van Dyke didn't win a single aerial duel. Um, I thought Zuma did good there. I thought Tamori came in and was pretty solid. Um, so, so in that regard, they also they they did bring in they brought in a, a coach from I believe West Brom, who's a more defensive minded coach. I think that's starting to work a little bit, uh, but I do think they like getting Chilwell in, getting Thiago Silva in. I'm still generally positive. Like the game sucked to watch, especially uh, I was expecting more from it. Um, but it's a new project, and like you look at who wasn't available for the game. You could say Mendy because we had oh, yeah, bought him yeah. in, or like we yeah, were still I'm, working that in. I'm not ready um, to to make any judgments on Chelsea because this the lineup that they're using is not the lineup going forward. But right, you have like Pulisic, Ziyech, Ao, uh, Chilwell, yeah, has Chilwell, played, like right, yeah. There's there's more to come from Chelsea now. Um, if those players get a good run of games and the results are still looking the same it's going to we're going to you know shift our attention to frank lampard um Mm -hmm. and that's that's what the focus will be um now jared let's uh let's do it you want to you want to bring something new into the pod let's let's fucking go for it pardon our french pardon our french pardon our french but um we're gonna do some stock up stock down for you aren't we 
Yeah, so we did our because I yeah, like week match week one went by and I already hated my uh Premier League table predictions. <laughs> so I figured let's I was like, let me let me just I'm gonna start doing this every week. I'm gonna do an updated table based on what I've seen, how the teams performs, and we'll do a little we'll do a little stock up, stock down for for this. So I made one after match week one, but I also made one after match week two, and I'm just gonna basically do a plus or minus on where it was compared to my original. Okay. So what do you want to hear? You want to hear the full table? Do you want to hear like who's whose stock is up? I can give you a couple stock ups and a couple stock downs. Like, yeah, give me this is a, this, I this is a new segment. Full, We're working I wouldn't on say it. Say full table. I'd say like, what's your? I, do you, I guess give us give us like three total, whether it's stock up or stock down. What whatever you think is the most important change for you. Yeah, stock up. Biggest stock up is is Brighton. Okay. Um, I've watched I've watched one game of Brighton because obviously Chelsea played them. Uh, and I was I was impressed with with what they were able to do against Chelsea. They uh, there was times where Chelsea were mostly playing on the counter against Brighton. Uh, they have some young, exciting players, uh, and then of course we saw against the team that you really liked, Newcastle, beat them three 0 Yeah, as good as Newcastle are gonna you know might be this season. That was impressive for a team that uh, I had <laughs> finishing bottom. Uh, so I have them up now on my table. They've, they've moved up nine places. I have them at 11th in my current table. That is a uh, pretty drastic change to it. Yeah. I, I had them up in 14th after the Chelsea game. And then after they beat Newcastle, I moved them up even, even further. All right. So, um, so Brighton's your Brighton's number one on, on stock up. What do we got? What's number two for you? I'm giving you number two on stock up. You want, um, yeah, yeah. We'll go Everton. Everton's Everton stock is up. I have them currently even, even after beating Spurs on opening day. Or is this this is over two weeks? Your stock up? Sorry, I just want to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had them. So like, I think in my original in my original table, I had them in ninth. I now have them in fourth. Okay. Like this is a team. I mean, they're top of the table right now. This is a team that can push for top four. Um, you know, and maybe maybe they fall beneath Spurs eventually, but beating Spurs was huge. We'll see what what Spurs can do with, um, with Gareth Bale and you know their new signings, and we'll see how consistent Arsenal can be. Because those are the two teams around them, I think. Uh, but yeah, Everton, Everton have moved have moved up the table for me. So a, a good deal. So you've got stock up, um, two teams in blue. What about uh, stock down? Stock down. Uh, West Brom and Fulham are the two that I have really going down. Uh, but that's probably more down to me being too positive on them to begin with. Okay. Uh, but I've seen what they like. I had, you know, I, I, I went with my prediction that all three promoted teams were going to stay up. So I locked that in for our, our preseason predictions. And then I watched those two teams play. So West Brom went from 14th down to now in 19th. And I had Fulham in 16th, but I have them bottom now. For what I've seen so far from Fulham, especially going up against a team like Leeds and conceding four, obviously they worked their way back into the game a little bit, but that almost almost the the early season relegation six-pointer 
did not go Fulham's way. So uh, I have them stock down. All right. Well, um, you're going with something new with the stock up, stock down. We'll bring you that uh, weekly. And I think um, I would also like to introduce something by signing off just a different way on a different note than usual. I'll try to stay consistent with, with this, but it also involves one of the teams you brought up. So I'm going to say, well, as Jared will do his stock up and stock down, uh, stonk, 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 week in, week out, I'll just give you the the number one thing you need to look for in the next week um, in, the, in the upcoming weekend of football, and that is going to be uh, Manchester United and how they respond to the um, – home loss at Old Trafford 3-1 to Crystal Palace to open their season. Now they have to go away to Brighton, a team that you are very high on. Um, and they, that's not just like, a, oh, they need to get a result or, oh, they need to play better. They need to win. If they want to keep pace with the teams at the top, if they want to show that in any way they're ready to at least close the gap, let alone challenge at the top, they must beat Brighton away from home especially after the loss to Palace. Uh, Liverpool lost four games in two seasons. Opening the season with a loss was awful. Um, So your thing to look for in the next week is can Manchester United um, really start their season? Um, And uh, I think that takes us to uh, the places you should be following us. Um, that's in public. You can secretly hide out our windows or you can follow us on Twitter. Does that make more sense to you, Jared? Yeah. Let's yeah. On, okay. on, on Twitter. At Jared's anti, anti stalker. Okay. Hot take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pro stock, <laughs> pro stonks, but Ooh, pro stocks, anti stock. No. I like it. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Based on what the president has said. Everyone's got, everyone's got stocks. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so so give us that follow on Twitter um, at Footy Ado and at Iltoweight Podcast. Same thing on Instagram at Footy Ado at Iltoweight Podcast. Go to facebook.com slash Footy Ado to see all the content we remember to post there. That's fun, isn't it? That's the one thing that I can't keep consistent. It's like what, I, Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, I'm like in every other week. Yeah. Besides that, you should. I, the thing is, you should already be, you know liking the pod wherever, you know, subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple, whether you're a sick Android user and you're on like Google podcast, whether you're a human being and use the convenience of Spotify, wherever it is, just, just follow, subscribe, like it, whatever, whatever that apps, uh, terminology for what I'm trying to tell you to do is do it. Sure. Jared, as always, as always, I didn't finish telling you my fantasy team. I now have uh, Mikel Antonio, Danny Ings, and Alexander Mitrovic up top with Mohamed Salah, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Kai Havertz, and James Rodriguez in midfield, and Emmy Martinez in goal. Pardon our friendship.